0: Happy New Year, friends. It is crazy that we are in 2019. I was looking back at just some old journal entries and prayers that I wrote out during 2018, and it was so crazy to see how much of a journey the Lord has brought me through in creating this podcast. I was reading so many prayers where I was just asking God to use me in any way to reach people my age, um, to... You know, kind of be able to provide something for 20 somethings to be able to know God more. And so it was just really cool to see how God transformed all of those dreams and prayers and ideas into this podcast. He taught me so much through different episodes I recorded during 2018, and I am just so excited to see what he has in store for 2019. So today on the podcast, I have Jonathan Pecluda, or JP, and JP has served as the campus pastor of Watermark Community Church in Dallas, Texas, and as a leader of The Porch, which is the largest weekly young adult gathering in the country. It's crazy. And at The Porch, thousands of people in their 20s and 30s hear the gospel, get equipped, and are unleashed to live out their faith jp recently released a book called welcome to adulting if you've heard of it it is basically a roadmap for millennials to navigate their faith how to find a spouse finances the future all things adulting I loved reading his book and found so many things that he talked about super helpful for this stage of life, so I wanted him to come on and talk about one topic that I super loved and wanted him to cover, Uh, and it is recovering from your past. So today we're going to talk about JP's story of redemption in his 20s, uh, the transition he's going through right now, and the steps that you can take to recover from your past, so I hope you enjoy our conversation, so let's get on with it. Well, hey, JP, thanks so much for coming on the podcast today, man. I have been really looking forward to talking to you, and I'm stoked about this topic.
1: Yeah, Emma, thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm pumped, too, so I appreciate you uh, having me on.
0: Yeah, you are, let's see, you are the third male that I have had on the podcast, so congratulations.
1: Come on, I'll take it. I'll take
0: <laughs> I the usually, third male, right? I usually have a lot of women, and that's I'm not I'm not being sexist. I just I just yeah, know a lot more how, ladies, but I don't want to neglect. Yeah, I don't want to le- neglect the male wisdom. So you know, I, I get
1: it. I get it. <laughs> hey, well, I'm I'm here. I don't know that I have any wisdom, but if I do, it is uh, completely available to you and to your listeners. So I'm I'm pumped to dive in. Jump, yes, uh, excited excited to share today so thanks for having me
0: great yeah of course I'm excited to have you so why don't you jump in and tell us a little bit about yourself what your life looks like for you these days because I know that you're going through some life changes right now right so would you be okay with sharing about all that with us
1: for sure so life is crazy uh insane right now so just to back way up, because we may not know each other if you're listening, so my name is Jonathan Picludo, or JP, and for the past uh, 10 years, I've led a ministry based out of Dallas, Texas called The Porch, The Live, and The Porch is a ministry of 20 and 30-something, so in Dallas, every Tuesday night at 7 p.m., 4,000 young adults gather there in Dallas, and then we have 10 other campuses around the country, and, uh, and a large online presence as well. I say all that just to... to boast in what Christ has done Mm -hmm. in spite of me and through our amazing leaders, because the porch is made up of so many people. And so that's been a huge part of who I am. God has grown that ministry. The book, Welcome to Adulting, was actually born out of that ministry of ministry to young adults for over a decade now. And the Lord has called my family and I to now lead a church in Waco, Texas. So right now I am uh, sitting in a house that we will soon put on the market to sell uh, I just put a verbal contract on a house in Waco. We are going to move my three kids, my wife and I, uh, and all of our belongings to Waco. And there's a church there called Harris Creek, harriscreek.org. And that will be my new home. And so lots of exciting things. God, you know, has amazing ways of working. And I woke up this morning, just really, I had preached my last message at Watermark,
0: mm-hmm. on staff
1: anyways, uh this past weekend. So taught three times Really just saying goodbye to that family that we love so much.
0: Wow. Man, that has probably I can imagine could be just a crazy time for you, right? Being in the middle of saying goodbye to something so good, but also stepping into something so good, right? So
1: Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, no, it's it's been rich. It feels like our I, as the leader of our family, are ripping our hearts away from relationships community of 14 years but you know there's people going with us which has been cool i just got an email right before uh, we jumped on this call mm. that um, you know uh, a family that i don't even know said hey we're going to waco with you if any of your podcast listeners want to move to waco and live the chip and joanna Gaines dream <laughs> uh, come on we will take you so it's it's going to be fun
0: so are Chip and Joe not going to be doing a fixed upper for you? I'm so confused.
1: Well, it's because it, the, that show is uh, canceled. So they're actually, um, but they, they're no longer filming that show, but they are doing uh, their own network. But I don't know Chip and Joe at all. So mm. lots of folks have reached out and just said, hey, do you know them? maybe you connected? But we do not know each other. So if you know them and you want to connect us, make it happen.
0: Right. <laughs> I'm sure you <laughs> will come to know them for sure. we'll see that'll be fun we'll
1: see what God's doing yeah
0: and so you also just released a book that you were talking about just a couple months ago welcome to adulting give us kind of a little promo on that because most of my listeners are in their 20s right in that stage of life and so the that book is perfect for my listeners tell us a little bit about it
1: it's been madness. So I wrote this book. So for the past over a decade, I've seen the decisions that young adults make that lead to death. And I've seen the decisions that young adults make that lead to life in, you know, dating and managing finances and looking for a career, finding purpose, uh, all of the you know recovery, which is something and I, I think we'll talk about. So all of these things i it's so much of ministry's pattern recognition. And so you just see, okay, you do this, you get that. You do this, you get that. You do this, you get that. So I just started writing some of those things down. I worked with a, a collaborative writer, a, a dear friend of mine, Kevin, and we just began to put these things down to document them. And it became this book and God's blessed it like crazy. I would have never thought, and shame on me, right? I would have never thought, or, well, no, no one really thought that it would be as successful as it's been, which is both really encouraging and really discouraging at the same time. Mm-hmm. But my prayer for Welcome to Adulting was just that it would be helpful. I prayed that it would be helpful, and I feel like the Lord has answered that prayer because the emails that I'm getting right now are just like, hey, I've read your book. I read it with my small group. I read it in community. I just read it with my girlfriend. I read it with my boyfriend. And it was so helpful to me. And so that it just makes my heart sing. That, that, um, that brings me a lot of joy.
0: Yeah, it's so good. I just loved the different topics that you discussed throughout because they're just so relevant and often not talked about a lot. You know, I, you know, just a little background in my podcast. I started it because I felt like there's not a lot out there for people our age. Of course, the porch was like first thing that came to mind as a ministry uh that supports uh young adults, but uh, in general, there's just not a lot. And so I'm glad yeah. that you're, you are ministering to, I feel like we're kind of like a forgotten decade here, like the 20s, early 30s. You know, it's mostly, are you married? Are you in this? What's, what does your life look like? And there's not a lot for um, people in their 20s. So um, you guys should. My listeners should definitely check out your book because I think it was so helpful. I loved like the conflict uh, chapter and money. Man, money is not talked about a whole lot, and how to just how to do that in the right way. So, y'all should yeah, check out well, the book well, for thank
1: sure. You. It, it, it's ironic that you'd say it's kind of the forgotten generation because from my vantage point, it is the most powerful engine in the church. That when mm-hmm. you get twenty and thirty somethings, the kind of pre-married group. Uh, and you capture their heart, they want to do something incredible with their lives, but the, but the world has sold them this lie in regards to their purpose and why they 're here, and so they get kind of caught up in the world. But if the church can capture their attention and point their purpose toward Christ or to show them the incredible works that God prepared in advance for them to work in, I think you see this incredible army mm-hmm. growing that is is bringing forth revival and a great awakening, a really a resurgence of the scriptures and christian values Mm. that makes me really really excited in fact one of the things that appealed to me about waco is that it's a university town and that i could send young adults all over the world from this you know from this small hub and so really excited about that i I would ask everybody listening right now if you would just you know at some point during this podcast or afterwards just say a short prayer can be like a 15 second prayer for my family and I, I I don't mean to be selfish with that, but I would love for you to say a prayer just that God would use us in in this new venture. And I'm so thankful that you would do that.
0: For sure. Yeah. We're excited for you and to be able to follow you in that. So, okay. So your twenties did not necessarily look like what you were saying as far as following christ and uh jumping head head first into what he's calling you to do so will you talk to us a little bit about what your 20s looked like and how god totally changed your desires
1: yeah well so i mean yes i did everything wrong and so learn from the mistakes i made i think a wise (laughs) person has to learn from their own, own mistakes a wiser person learns from the mistakes of others and so I can remember when my parents pulled out of the parking lot at my online—I mean, my uh, on-campus apartment. And so they, it's like they dropped me off at college, and I had all of the freedom that college affords, and none of the responsibility or maturity to go with that freedom. And so as they pull out of the parking lot, I just dive uh, headfirst into the party scene. And so they say, you know, drugs, sex, and rock and roll. Uh, with with me, it was drugs, sex, and hip hop. And I just was you know I loved the world and everything that it afforded me at that time, and I can remember always saying my prayers at night, like I would pray to God at night, I was raised Catholic, and that 's just what you did. You prayed to God at night,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it seemed like my prayers were bouncing off the ceiling i in my twin sized bed, I just began to weep all by myself, just weep because of the decisions and choices that I had made in the the past few weeks at college. And I I didn't know what to do, so I reached out to a friend, and I just kind of confessed all my sins to them. And they said, well, that's just what you do in college. You know, you just kind of sow your wild oats, and then you return back to the faith afterwards. And it was terrible advice, but it was also kind of prophetic, because that's what happened, except for I realized that I didn't return back to God. I really returned to God for the first time. I moved to Dallas I love the the club and the bar scene that was in Dallas. I moved five times, all within one mile mm. of the bar scene in Dallas. And I'm at this bar on a Saturday night, and someone invited me to Watermark, and I went. That's the church. That's the church that I've been at, served at for the past 12 years. Mm. And I went, hung over, and I smelled like smoke from the night before. And I'm just I'm wrestling with all these things, and and really God captured my heart. I mean, through a story about a, a horse, He <laughs> showed me who my Savior was in Jesus Christ. I surrendered my life to Christ, believing in his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of my sins. And everything in my life changed. I mean, my life was marked by addictions. Uh, I loved to drink. I was addicted to pornography. I was addicted to sex and and impure relationships with women. And, uh, And I was addicted to money, materialism. And so kind of everything wrong with the world and a person, that was me. And God just, he came in, he changed my appetite. And all of a sudden, I realized that you don't, you know, I thought Christians were lame. Mm-hmm. And I realized that, that no, that God created us to be in relationship with Him, and life is found in a relationship with Him. And so as I began to pursue a relationship with Him, I began to find life for the first time.
0: Mm. That's so cool. I feel like that is a lot of people's stories, um, just chasing things of the world, thinking that those things are going to satisfy you and realizing over and over again that it's not working, that your heart is not uh, satisfied. All the emptiness inside of you is not being filled up because truly what we need is Jesus. And so whenever you decided to start following Jesus, what had to change about your life?
1: Everything. I mean, it truly, um, you know, my language, like the words I use changed the way I dated changed the way I looked at women changed. Um, where I, where I went for fun changed. Who I had fun with changed. What I, where, you know, how I dressed changed Uh, the, uh, my, my job, my career eventually changed. I liken it like this. One time, one time I was, uh, going out to visit some friends in Houston and I, I pulled up to his house and they were playing football in the street. And so they're playing f- football in the street. And I, I just got out and was like, what's up, guys? Like, you know, I just, we just kind of this reunion, this college reunion, if you will. And I was like, hey, hit me, you know, hit me on this pass. And so I ran. This guy was guarding me. We're playing football in the street. I run as fast as I can. I post her out. I jump up in the air and I turn uh, to catch the ball. And all my momentum's going the, the other way. And so, uh, you know, my, my back hits the pavement and then my head kind of slingshots back against the pavement mm. and bounces off. Knocks me out cold, like right there on the concrete. I'm I'm knocked out. Well, they they pick me up and they take me to the emergency room there in Houston. I don't even know where I'm at. Um, I keep asking the same questions. I I get sick. You start to vomit because of a concussion and and um and so I'm in recovery from this. And you know it's interesting that as soon as I could eat, you know the things that I loved were coffee and chocolate at the time. Well, the first time I tried coffee and chocolate. It was so disgusting hmm. because something happened in my brain that changed my taste, which ultimately changed my appetite. And the Holy Spirit worked in a, in a similar way that when the Holy Spirit came into my life, uh, I, the things that I loved I realized that they were, I realized the danger, it's like I had new eyes. And it's not that I didn't want to look at pornography anymore. It's that I realized that pornography was deadly, that it was costing me something. Mm. It's not that I didn't want to have impure relationships anymore because my flesh was still there, but I also had this new heart that was giving me a new taste for the things of God. And I was able to find joy in his word and in his instruction. David says, you know, the, the Psalmist says that, you know, his, his law is like honey. Uh, mm. It's sweet. And I had never thought the laws of God were sweet. But now, for the first time, I'm realizing they they lead to life. And so I was finding life in him.
0: Mm. And was that an overnight change for you? Did you all of a sudden, everything changed and you never, uh, you never screwed up? You didn't have the same addictions at all anymore? I mean, how, how did that happen for you?
1: some of the things changed immediately. Like, um, I remember, you know, cussing, for example, like I just had this terrible mouth and, um, that, that I was really convicted by that. If I said a word, uh, it would, you know, I would, I would sense a conviction there. Mm. Uh, other things died slower like pornography, for example. I mean, I've done a lot of drugs, ecstasy and cocaine, marijuana, and and nothing has ever gripped me. I've never been addicted to anything as much as I was pornography, and so that one was slower to die. I would like a dog to his vomit, return mm-hmm. back to this this struggle, this sin, and uh, and so um, I would say some things, you know, the Holy Spirit changed quickly, and other things my my flesh held on to longer.
0: Mm-hmm. But it was worth it for you.
1: Uh, I mean, you'll never give up anything. For God, you'll never follow God, and it would not be worth it. I mean, that's what you know, Peter says in in um, in the Gospels. He says, well, "We we left everything we had to follow you." And Jesus is like, "You didn't leave anything. You, you, no one who's left father or mother or or family or jobs or anything for the sake of the kingdom will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this age and in the age to come." It says. And so there's there's nothing that you would give up for the purpose of following Christ. There's no cross that you will bear for the purpose of following Christ that will not be worth it. It is absolutely worth it. Never will you sin and get away with it. So there's no such thing as somebody committing a sin and getting away with it. You will not look at porn and get away with it. You will not sleep with your significant other and get away with it. You will not get drunk and get away with it. There, no one does. All sin in this world has consequence. And yet, when we trust in Christ, his death and resurrection for the forgiveness of our, our sins, eternally, we do get away with it because of his amazing grace. God forgives us and he gives us eternal life with him and he gives us a new purpose and a new reason to live. And so we live for him. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that is absolutely worth it. In fact, life is found in that. When you don't do that, you're gonna, you're gonna be led to despair, uh, to depression, you know um, to anxiety. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But when you, when we trust in him, we, we find life.
0: Mm, That's good. So let's say somebody is listening and they're thinking, man, that's me. That's what I'm in. Uh, I'm stuck in that and I don't know how to get out. Um, or I've been there. That was me. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to trust Christ with my life. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, how do we recover from that? Or how do we take the sin in uh, our life whether past or present um and start to follow Jesus. So what are some of the steps you think to starting to recover from that?
1: Yeah. Uh, so a couple things one is I would say um I would say to find a, re- a good recovery program, you know, at, at a church near you and so Celebrate Recovery is a great program. The one that Watermark has started, it's led by my friend John Elmore, is Regeneration. You can go to regeneration.org for more information or to find one near you. So I'd strongly uh, recommend, you know, starting there. And those are 12 step programs. They start with, you know, uh, admitting that you are powerless to, to a God, that there's a creator, and that you are not in control. And so I think so much of addiction is rooted in control. But I'll give you three steps that I personally have found helpful. And so think about to the person who is addicted to pornography or sexual addiction, and it could be an eating disorder, it could be anything. Sin kills us. Right in Genesis 3, we see that sin robs us of life. And so picture that person. They're not dead yet, but they're almost dead. They're flatlined on the table, and they need what we know as CPR. So Mm -hmm. if you can picture that person, they're dead in their sin or they're dying in their sin. They're about to die in their sin. They need CPR. And so I'll give you three things. The first one is you confess every single time you confess your sin and so you have to have a group of people to confess to Mm -hmm. this is the idea of community small group life group home group cell group whatever that is for you but you have got to have these people guys with guys girls with girls respectively that you're meeting with on a consistent basis that you confess your sins to and i would encourage your listeners to confess at the thought level so before you sin but while you're thinking about sinning while you're entertaining the idea of sin you're thinking Mm -hmm. about going to that website or clicking on that hashtag or you know watching that video or calling that person or taking a shot before you do it confess so text them group text call hey guys i'm thinking about would you pray for me and if you don't if you don't catch it beforehand and you've committed the sin then you know immediately after make it a game how fast can you go to them and confess 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 that's the first thing Mm -hmm. the second and it's By the way, from James 5.16, it says, confess your sins to each other. Mm. Confess your sins to each other. And then it says, and pray for each other, for the prayers of a righteous person are powerful and effective, that that you find healing through that. So the the second thing I would ask your listeners to do who have found themselves struggling is to pray. Pray honest prayers. God knows your thoughts. He sees you in the slimy pit. He, He knows the website. He knows the hashtag. He knows the ex-boyfriend. He saw what you did on prom night. You know what? He knows it, right? He knows it all. He's, he's all-knowing. He's omnipotent and omniscient. And so, uh, you know, confess to him honestly. You pray, go to him. You pray. You say, Lord, you've got to set me free from this. I don't want to go back there. I, I, I don't want to think about that. Every day, multiple times a day, you pray like your life depended on it. And you ask others to pray for you. So you confess and you pray. Mm-hmm. And then the R the R is a re- is repentance. And so repentance is different from confession. Repentance is different from prayer. What repentance is, is it's actually, it's another R, it's removing access. So however you are accessing sin, you know, like, like, for example, maybe it's Instagram, or maybe it's, it's something on your cell phone, you get rid of your cell phone, or your smartphone, you know, you get a brick phone, people are like, man, isn't that legalistic? I'm like, no, <laughs> Jesus says in Matthew 5, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off, right? Mm-hmm. And so, no, it's not legalistic to do everything within your power to fight sin. And so, you know, you, you confess, you pray, and you repent. Repentance is a turning from your sin and turning to God. And the way that you turn from your sin is you remove the avenues of access uh, to that sin you you cut them off you you close those doors you you change your phone number you know mm-hmm. whatever that is you you go to an extreme measure if that's what it takes to remove access because it's not an extreme measure when we're talking about what's at stake mm-hmm. and so you confess you pray you repent CPR and then you f- you find life right that's that is a a path to uh finding a superior satisfaction in Jesus Christ and mm-hmm. recovering
0: that's good I like especially the last one you know it's I think a lot of times it's easy for us to go okay, all right I've confessed that I'm doing it and I've got people to pray for me, but we forget the last step of now you have to turn you have to cut that off whatever that is it's got it's gotta go so what step that's all often the hardest step for us too because, a part of us still wants to hang on to it right
1: yeah that's how I know if somebody's going to get well or not you know is, is i i' mean, I've, I've talked to literally hundreds and hundreds of people stuck in their sin, addicted to something, and the way that I can tell that they're actually going to get well or not you know that's what Jesus would ask a lot of people like the blind person or the man that was searching for healing. You know, he would say, what do you want from me? Or what can I do for you? Or uh, do you want to get well? He would start Mm -hmm. with a question. And so the way that I will know that somebody actually wants to get well, they're not just talking, they're not just looking for, you know, some, some therapy, but they actually want to recover is if they're willing to remove access to that, which is actually to killing them, uh, to that, which is killing them. So.
0: Yeah, totally. Quick story. I was thinking of, uh, when I was in college, uh, there was a girl that I I got the chance to know and pray for and walk alongside. And man, she, uh, had a lot of addiction and, and one specifically to alcohol and had been addicted to alcohol since she was honestly like a little kid. And, um, we, we really struggled through, um, getting her to get rid of it. I mean, cause she was in the place where she wanted to get better. She was in a place where she was letting us pray for her, um, to be, to be healed from that. Uh, but the moment I knew that she was in when she was, when she brought a huge bag of every single handle, every single thing that she had in her house that was, had any, Form of alcohol, and she said, "This is it. I'm done." But she said, "I need your help. Will you throw this away with me? Because I don't think I can do it on my own." And I got to hold her arms up in that moment and and throw it away. But it's true. It you know, it really does not do anything unless you cut it off. I mean, you 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 truly have to have to walk the complete opposite direction. Otherwise, the temptation is still there. Um, yep. So I love that you included that part and that it, that part is so important. So, yeah, let's talk, absolutely. Yeah. so let's talk a little bit about Scripture um, and what the gospel, like the good news of the gospel says about how we can recover from our past or, or even present for some people.
1: Yeah. the gospel, you find hope that it's not over even when it's over. I mean, right, you... In the gospel, you have God dead on a cross. Mm. Uh, You have God buried in a grave. And, And so, you know, people, the worst thing or the lie that the enemy says is you can't get well. There's no hope for you. And when somebody loses hope, then they die in their addictions. But in the gospel, there is always hope that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. John 3.16, most famous verse in all the scriptures, Romans 10.9, if we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. The the gospel says that we are now new creations, that it's no longer us who live, but it's Christ who lives in us. Mm. 1 John 5.13 says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know, is the word know, you can be sure that you have eternal life. And so we don't have to walk this world wondering if we're going to be with god one day we can know because of what he's done for us through his son that he secured a place for us in his kingdom that we don't have to pay for our sins because he paid for our sins. the only thing you can do in hell there's only one thing you can do in hell and so there's only two places that people go when they die there's heaven there's hell that's it only two options And the only thing you can do in hell is pay for your sins for eternity Mm. or suffer for your sins for eternity. So the only people who don't go to hell are people whose sins have been paid for. If your sins have been paid for in Christ, if he paid for your sins, then you don't have to pay for your sins. He purchased your way into heaven. And so live for him, not to be saved, but because you are saved. Mm. That's what Jesus, Jesus saves us to himself, not just. Not just um, allowing us the ability to feed our addictions, but giving us the freedom so that we don't have to.
0: Mm-hmm. That's good. So because of that, we we don't have to feel shame. Like I feel like, you know, maybe some people listening to this might say, "Well, man, I just screwed up last night. Like I just screwed up an hour ago. Like I'm um, I'm not sure if all of that." really covers it like are you sure that I'm fully covered in this you know
1: yeah to that person I would say stop being so prideful
0: Mm.
1: like stop telling God that he's not big enough to forgive your sin because he is stop looking at the cross and say it's not enough listen if it's enough for me It's enough for you. My friend, you know, I had a friend that um, she owned two abortion clinics. She was responsible for the death of 40,000 babies. Mm -hmm. And somebody said to her, you know, they said, Carol, how do you sleep at night? You know, knowing that you're responsible for 40,000 deaths, how do you sleep at night? And she said, listen, I either believe that Jesus died for all of it or he died for none of it. And I believe he died for all of it. And that's the reality. So you got to come to this place where do you believe that Christ died for all of it? Or did he not? And if he died for all of it, then he died for all of it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people say, well, I can't forgive myself or I'm I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. Here's here's the bad news and the good news there. You can't forgive yourself. (laughs) You're not supposed to. It's not your job to forgive yourself. God forgives you. And that needs to be enough for you because he paid the price. You can't look at a creator God and say the death of your son was not enough for me. That's that's unloving, you know, and so you don't need to walk around in shame. Romans eight one says there's no condemnation for those uh, of us who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans 8 verse 1. Um, Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians that God is no longer counting your sins against you. Mm -hmm. That's what you have in the gospel. He's no longer counting your sins against you. In Micah, it says that he delights to show you mercy. That God delights to show you mercy. How great is that? He 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 takes great joy in showing you mercy.
0: Mm. It's if only we would look and see that He feels that way about us, because we make up all these things, and the enemy gives us all these ideas about who God is. But if only we just asked Him how He felt, that He would reveal that, uh, reveal that to us. Absolutely. That's good. Okay, so JP, what? is one thing that you wish you knew as a 20 something?
1: Mm, you know, I wish I knew and understood the gospel as a 20 something, mm. but I think just, I think another one, it would be maybe uh, more practical or I don't know if it's more practical than the gospel, but um, would be just the reality that ideas have consequences, that thoughts take you places. Well, I think we think that what happens in our head is, is us and that's our space. And, we can think whatever we want. And I would just say, man, the ideas have consequences. Thoughts take you places. Mm-hmm. And so we need to think of, think on, like Paul writes to the Philippians and Philippians 4, verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is pure, whatever is right, whatever is lovely, noble, if anything is admirable or excellent or praiseworthy, that we should think about these things. Mm-hmm. And just uh, pay attention to what you pay attention to. And uh that, that's something I wish I realized more in my twenties.
0: Yeah. It's good thoughts. Uh are there any resources you could put in our hands around this topic? Obviously we've talked about your book, Welcome to Adulting. Is there anything else that you could think of as far as like how to recover um from our past?
1: Yeah, you know, I would check out regeneration.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just a helpful program. There's some helpful resources on there uh, for your listeners. Uh, org is great for just basic apologetics. You know, as you have questions for God, uh, as you're reading the Bible, um, the the scriptures are a great, you know, if you if you are a Christian, you are a believer, then I would I would um, work on the discipline of getting in the scriptures on a daily basis. Um yeah, you know, those those are some. I just recently read a book called Embracing Obscurity that I thought was really helpful. Uh, the author is anonymous because they practice what they preach. So they embraced obscurity. Uh, so that's that's something I'd recommend.
0: That's cool. I'll check that out. I haven't heard of that. And then yeah. lastly, this is kind of a girly question because, like I told you, I have a lot of ladies on my podcast. But what is refreshing you these days? What is giving you life? What are you loving?
1: Yeah. I mean, right now it's just like, it's a new venture for me. And yeah. so that's, that's kind of breathe, that's kind of breathe new breath in my lungs. I woke up this morning after a great night's sleep and I just thought, you know what? I really believe this. I've kind of banked my life on this gospel and, and that the scripture is true. And I'm packing my family to a new place to lead a church because I think it's true and I believe it's true. I know it's true. And so it just, it, sometimes you have to remind yourself or put yourself in a place where you get to actually use your faith. And so that's been refreshing. Like I said, that book, Embracing Obscurity, A Praying Life by Paul Miller is another um, great book just uh, on prayer. I feel like my prayer life has been revitalized as of lately, and just uh, meditation, meditating on the things of God. So those are some new things that have given me new life.
0: Cool, man. Yeah, I like this a lot. And I just appreciate you coming on today and— Sharing your story with us, and we will be praying for you as you embark on this new adventure. This is going to be so fun. Yeah. Waco Town, I mean, that place is booming. So um, we're excited for you, and, and we commit to praying for you in this.
1: Come on, I appreciate it, Emma. Thanks so much, and, and listeners, thanks for your prayers. We will uh, talk to you soon.
0: Yeah, thanks, JP. I hope you guys enjoyed my conversation with JP today. If you loved it, share it with somebody who might want to hear or you think could benefit from his words today. Uh, You guys should also go check out his Instagram. You should check out his book, Welcome to Adulting. I will put all of that in the show notes for you to be able to find. Uh, I'm also going to start sending out, if you didn't see already on my Instagram, um, emails weekly about what is being covered on the podcast so it's more accessible to you to see the different resources and things that we talk about. So you can sign up to get those weekly emails um, by going to my website. Um, There'll be a link that pops up for you to enter your email. Or you can go to the link in my Instagram. Uh, There's a link for you to be able to sign up for those emails as well. So... Uh, If you hate emails, then that's okay. You totally do not have to do it. But for those of you who are wanting to get a little more information about what's going on, you can check it out. Also, one more update. I have added a portion to my website that uh, has an opportunity for you to give. So, you guys know that this is just hobby for me. This is not my job. So, I obviously do not get paid for doing this, and so therefore there are some monthly costs and expenses that I have to keep up with, and so little contributions super help. So I started a Patreon page uh, for you to be able to give monthly, if that's what the Lord leads you to, Um, and if not, then there's an option for you to just give one time on that page. So if that's something that you feel called to do, there is a page on my website, just click on give and then there's two options for you to be there and I would be super appreciative of that and if not then I always appreciate your encouragement your prayers um, and the ways that you share it with others so thank you so much for tuning in I hope you guys have a very happy new year and stay fresh my people